0: Welcome to Theories of Evolution, a podcast about exploring the lessons we learn on life's journeys from simply being to fully becoming. I'm your host, Shannon Stewart, and I'm excited to have you with me as we, well, talk through some stuff. Hopefully we'll have a few laughs along the way because, hey, we all know life can simultaneously be messy and funny. Let's do this. I don't know about you, but every time someone asks me, how are you doing? My number one reaction in my brain, because I don't often say it out loud, is exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm just absolutely mentally, physically exhausted. And on that chipper note, welcome to another episode of Theories of Evolution. Today, it's a solo episode, and I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to talk about COVID-19. Ugh, I know, the the word of the decade, unfortunately, but I'm going to talk a little bit about how I'm kind of feeling right now with the hope that I think a lot of people actually are relating to where I am right now, but I'm going to kind of split it up because I don't want to just be negative. I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I just, I just need to rant. I need to rant for a bit. I need to get this out of my system. I need to kind of put it out into the universe, take deep breath and try to move forward. But I've decided I don't want to leave it there. So I'm going to, what I'm going to do in this solo episode is I'm going to do a rant and a rave. And the rave is the positive stuff, (laughs) Uh, which is a little unusual, but I'm going to run with it that way. I'm going to rave about people and things and what they've done. But I really need, I don't know, man, I need like a rage room or maybe this is my own version of a rage room because it does less damage and I reduce the possibility of hurting myself because... I can trip standing up on a sidewalk, not even moving. So not a good idea to start smashing and breaking things much as I might want to. But uh, yeah, so here's where we are. It is, I'm recording this on December 8th. We are nine months just about into a declared global pandemic. We've almost gone through a full season, a full year of seasons and cycles and all of the things that we like to do over the course of the year and not being able to do them. And that's been really effing, again, I'm sorry, I'm trying really hard not to swear. It's been really effing tough. Uh, you know what I want to say. But it's been really, really tough. So bear with me for the next kind of 40 or so minutes. I'm literally going to time myself because I don't want to go over I think 20 minutes is plenty for me to just sit here myself and just rip on the universe. So let's get started, shall we? Um, Feel free to kind of join in with your own rant alongside. Pause for a second. Rant into the universe, into empty space. It feels good. People say, you know, write it down and then they burn it. Man, nobody got time for that. I don't have time to sit and write anything out. My handwriting is atrocious and I'll never be able to read it anyway. So this is my version of write it out and burn it, except I'm going to publish it afterwards. And then maybe at some other time, I'll sit back and listen and remind myself that, you know, we made it through because we will. All right, here we go. Starting my 20 minute timer now. Okay, so COVID-19, nine months. I've had enough, man. Not only have we not been able to do anything, but now it's dark at four o'clock. It's cold because I live in Canada and it's cold like all the time in my office, at my house, cold everywhere. This is not helping any of my nine months of, I want my life back because I haven't been able to do any of the things that I wanted to do. I want to get back to normal. I want us to be able to hug people. (laughs) I want us to be able to watch TV shows and be like, ooh, no, too many people in that one space. No, can't do that. Amazing how quickly the mind turns. I want us to be able to get back to the things that we love doing, even if you're an introvert, extrovert, however many friends you have, whether you kind of live a, a small, isolated life or a, a, on purpose because that's how you want to, which is super cool, or you're an extrovert like me and needs people around you almost at all times, um, this year's been tough. It doesn't matter which side of the spectrum you fall in. This year has been tough. So many birthday parties. Oh my goodness, the number of people I've heard are between 40 and 50 or 30, 20, whatever. I pick a milestone birthday that's meaningful to you and have had to dramatically change what that looks like and just not being able to celebrate. Kids who graduated from high school. Oh, I have a friend who got his doctorate, got to put on the gown and had like a tiny little drive by ceremony. And these are massive life milestones that people just aren't ever going to get back. They never had them. Talk about being ripped off. Going into your first year university. That was one of the most formative few weeks of my life when I arrived that first you know couple of weeks living in residence, getting to know things, and it's all gone, and you don't get it back. These are the things you will never, ever get back. And of course, I say, in the grand scheme of things, these things compare, like, not at all to the number of people that we have lost, the number of people who, regardless of whether they... You know, we're following provincial, for us, guidelines or otherwise, will not be seated around Christmas dining tables this year or any year because they are now lost to COVID. And not just to COVID, but to all of the surrounding ecosystem that COVID has impacted. I don't know if we'll ever really get a full idea of how many people died because they overlooked a symptom of something. they didn't go to the hospital as quickly when they were having a heart attack, let's say, or a stroke or they didn't go see their GP when they found that little lump in their breast. they' so like ah, it's not a big thing. And then by the time they actually took some action, things could have been drastically different had they had the opportunity to go in earlier. I I there's so many elective surgeries that were cancelled. I mean I I'll talk a bit about this in my rave for a bit, but man, am I lucky and again, total perspective, this is just my own kind of world, but I was so lucky to be able to get in for my surgery on March 3rd. I mean, I was literally 10 days before they shut all elective surgeries down in the province of Ontario. I think about all the sports. I mean, I don't know, about, I'm, in, I'm a huge baseball fan. I didn't get to go to one game this year. Normally we go to spring training. Had I done that this year, I would have at least saw some baseball in person. But because I was having surgery, I couldn't travel before then. So I never made it to a single ball game this year. I watched some on TV, but it was tough. I mean, thinking about the position that the teams uh, were putting the players in and all of their staff, some of the teams that just had COVID rip right through it. But I mean, if you're a sports fan, to watch you know, professional sports just kind of crumble and disappear in front of you, um, when that's something that brings you kind of comfort to joy or distraction or like something just to root for that doesn't have any real consequence on your life at a time when everything else is nothing but real consequence to not have that is a pretty, pretty significant loss. And then when they actually did go back and none of the games were even here in Toronto. So our poor team was all over hell's half acre trying to make it work and figure out where home could be live music, live theater, Any place where people gather together, I think of all of the people who are just out of work and have no capacity to kind of go back to something else in any short form until there's the vaccine and we're all kind of well into that place of, yes, we can go back to life as whatever normal will be like. If I hear one more person say pivot or new normal or any of those sort of words, which of course make all the sense in the world, given the situation that we're in, I might vomit. And I really hope they're not actually standing in front of me. Chances are probably good they're on to zoom anyway, so I can puke off screen, but I just enough with the pivot and the new normal, but the new normal is going to be a thing, whatever that looks like. And I have no idea. I don't think any of us have any idea. If you're like me, you kind of sat back and be like, I have no idea what tomorrow looks like, let alone 2021, 2022, who knows? When is it going to feel normal to go to an airport? When is it going to feel normal to be inside a public space without a mask? How long is it going to be? And the more I ask these questions, the more I think about it, honestly, the more depressing and the more it impacts me just generally. And I know that there's an end to this. I mean, we all know that there has to be an end to this, but I don't know... If in my lifetime, for sure, but in the vast majority of our lifetimes, if we've ever come close to experiencing anything like this in any way, shape or form, where the differences in the way our company, companies, our organizations, our governments have responded or not responded for that matter, depending on where you're from. Um, And the fact that that's actually cost people's lives, family members are gone. Um, And all of that, when you wrap it up in. What I think my biggest thing that I want to rant about, what even caused this from the first in the first place and when I'm leaving like a significant portion of my time for my rant, it's the anti-maskers. Can we talk about anti-maskers for a bit? So I I I just I don't understand I know that there's a significant overlap in the people who belong to the, you know, and the lockdown, anti-masking, can't take away my freedom. There's a very strong overlap with the, you know, the kind of the right side of the political spectrum, more conservative, leave me alone, let me do my thing. Um, and the ones who are often looking to the quote unquote small L or large L doesn't capital L doesn't matter which one you're looking at liberals. And, you know, call all of us liberals, because I do definitely identify as liberal, as, you know, the snowflakes. And all we do is whine and cry about things and all this stuff. But, I mean, i got to say, I have never seen a bigger bunch of snowflakes than this whole anti-masking world. Just because they don't want to wear two, three layers of cloth over their nose and mouth while they're in public. I mean, could there be a smaller ask, really, of humanity No, it's not comfortable. Nobody likes wearing a mask. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, yay, it's mask day. F that. This is ridiculous. Nobody likes it. But I mean, come on. This is the number one way for all of us to work together, to try to protect one another. And it's the closest we're going to get until everyone gets that vaccine, to actually being able to re-enter society and start opening things up again, but no, these jackholes have to go and protest everywhere and block streets in downtown Toronto and Calgary, all over the place, on their anti-masking. You know, freedom. It's not about freedom. Are you that big of a moron that you actually think that someone's taking your freedom away by asking you to put two, three layers of cloth or fabric over your nose and mouth? If that's the hill you want to die on my God, surely somewhere there has to be a way for you to channel your energy into something positive. Why is this such a big deal? I cannot understand. I just can't. And I've tried. I've tried. I'm trying to kind of put myself in the shoes and figure out what is it about this? Is it the lockdown piece, like shutting down parts of the, the, the society and all of the quote unquote Karens that were mad in the early stage because they couldn't get a haircut? And it wasn't really about, you know, them opening up the economy because of of their losses. They were fine working at home on their Zoom, but they just wanted their, you know, minimum wage, someone at a, a, a restaurant somewhere or someone to cut their hair. That's who they wanted to kind of put themselves at risk just so that they could have their hair cut. I mean, I just I, I cannot comprehend where this vitriol comes from on the anti-masking side and the rabbit hole conspiracy theories and science denial that comes along with this. So I've been watching a campaign um, that's kind of being run on social media and, you know, it's it's linked to kind of what I do. So it, it involves images of individuals who are wearing masks because that's the universe we live in right now and asking kind of about their, their mental health, like what's protecting their mental health. And It's been fascinating, depressing AF, by the way, but fascinating to watch over these past many months since it's been uh, the number of comments that run on these Facebook ads (laughs) of anti-maskers basically saying that wearing a mask makes you kind of inhale bacteria and destroy your lungs and wearing a mask destroys your mental health. And they just go on and on and on and on. And I just think, how the hell do you think surgeons, nurses, people who work in operating rooms, how the hell do you think they've survived all of this time? My God, their lungs must be a disaster. Someone save them because they wear a surgical mask. That's why they're called a surgical or a procedure mask every freaking day when they're doing their job. How can you deny science to that extent? and just get up on this weird, oh yeah, you're breathing in all your own carbon dioxide and you're poisoning yourself. I just, I I, uh, I can't fathom it. I don't get it. And I can't comment on the comments, Ooh, the things I say in my mind that I can't type out. But what scares me most of all, I think, is not the comments themselves because those I kind of roll my eyes at but it's just the volume of them and the people that agree with them and then the people that comment on those comments saying oh yeah anti masking rally at this point you know they can't muzzle us and i'm like i'm all for peaceful assembly but i mean to protest two to three layers of fabric on your face for a little bit when you're out in public getting your groceries i and don't even get me started on what's going to happen when the and the vaccine starts to roll out, which is any time now. There's talks in, so I'm in Ontario. There's talks in Ontario that if you do not get vaccinated, that's fine, it's your choice. I'm not making it mandatory, but that may mean that there will be things you will not be able to do. I don't know necessarily what those are. They haven't said yet. It's just kind of musing and out in the ether for now, but it may mean you may not be able to go to, for example, a big sporting event or a crowded movie theater or places where you're either going to pick up potentially COVID or transmit it to other people. And wow, I'm just waiting for, <laughs> I'm waiting for the uh, the shoe to drop on that one because unfortunately the anti-masking and anti-vaxxing uh, populations do tend to overlap each other significantly in any Venn diagram you would try to uh, to put together. Um, but it's just, I just find it so absolutely disheartening. I can kind of, I'm trying to see it. I'm trying to be generous in my assumptions of people, which is getting harder and harder each day because I'm so F and tired of all of this. I'm trying to see that it's coming from that the lockdown perspective, that there are people who run small businesses who, uh, because we have to go like Toronto, for example, is in full co- like gray zone with lockdown. And so is Peel region. And, you know, this means that restaurants are closed and gyms are closed and shopping is closed. It's only, only, only essentials. Like it was right in the very, very beginning. And so I'm trying to think, is it coming from that? But I mean, this has been around since we've had stuff reopened. And then you have those jackholes like the barbecue, and I'm not even going to say his name or his business's name because I don't need to give him any more notoriety. i um, been a jerk for years and nothing has changed. And you who know, decides to go and open up their barbecue joint, which has no license, it has no public health inspections, it has no pest control. But yes, I want to eat your barbecue, said no one ever. And then, of course, you know, gets himself taken to jail and becomes a cult hero by all of the people who are in this kind of anti-masking world. And I just, I ask myself, like, what has it, what is it, what has happened to humanity, to us? How did we get here? Are we just that tired? Is it just COVID fatigue? Is it just all of us saying, I can't anymore. I want to go back to normal Christmas, the holidays, whatever it is you're celebrating. It happens in December is coming up and we are being told more and more across the country in Canada. Anyway, not to go see your loved ones, not to spend time with people outside your household. I mean, that's a big, big ask. That's a huge ask right now. Telling people you can't see your family, let alone whether you have to travel, but if you live in the same city or even not supposed to go and see them. And so, I mean, that's a huge ask. And I get it, people are tired. And I get that it's dark. And I get that it's cold. I mean, I'm right in this space myself. But, I mean, something's got to give people. We can't just sit back and yell and scream at each other and just be stupid and blind to science Um, because it's only going to get worse when this vaccine does start rolling out. Um, The people who really, really want it, they've they've come up with a new structure for who's going to get it and how it's going to be rolled out. Um, and I don't envy any of the people in any of these positions that have to make these kinds of decisions, but they're starting with people in long-term care homes and congregate settings and people who work there and the elderly. And then it's moving to hospitals and all frontline staff, but also any staff who's in a hospital. So technically as someone who works in the hospital, um, whether I'm frontline or not, it even says all staff who work in a hospital. So technically I'm, I'm in that second group and am I, you know, excited to get the COVID vaccine? Yes. I've thought about this a lot. Um, I realize it has been a short period of time since all of this has come together, and that in and of itself is scary. But if you do the research and you look at the evidence that's been there and you look at the number of people who've been tested, you look at the number of adverse effects, which have been very, very, very minor. When you look at the way the data has been recorded, um, it shows, uh, I saw a, a tweet today from someone who's the VP of research, the largest kind of health network in the country today, seeing that um, some of the research is showing that the people who actually did get infected while having the vaccine got COVID within seven days of having received the vaccine, which generally means they were Um, they weren't able to build up immunity from the vaccine. So it means the vaccine has the capacity to be even better than we first thought. And you know what, to this whole group of shit burns, (laughs) I can't even think of, and you know, if you're one of these people, I would love to know why, why do you feel this way? What is it that works in your brain and says, and you probably won't reach out to me because I've been a little bit disparaging about people who hold views like you, but Hey, here we are. I'm mad. I'm pissed. I'm frustrated. I'm ticked off. I'm all of those things, plus some other euphemisms for swear words that I'm trying not to say because I'm done. I've had it. Every day at work is tough, you know, and it has nothing to do with the work. It has nothing to do with the people that I work with. I love my job. I have an amazing team and great resources and stuff throughout the hospital that are amazing to work with. And you know what? We're all just done. We're burnt out. We're wiped. We've got the COVID fatigue factor, 5,000. Everything is still changing every day, and it doesn't look like it's getting better yet. Um, So we're living in this horrible kind of space of I'm pissed off, everybody else around me is pissed off. People are cutting me off in traffic again. <laughs> Everybody's, you know, this is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. And now let's face it, if we go back in time to other years, people get pretty persnickety around the holidays, because it's all hustle and bustle and shopping. And I've got to get the last Cabbage Patch Kid and or I've got to kind of Rochambeau someone to get a PS5 or put I got an extra one. So now I'm putting it up for $2,000 on Kijiji because I'm just that special brand of asshole. Those have been around forever. It didn't take COVID to bring those. Oh, I almost said it. Those folks <laughs> to life, and here we are. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, and I'm really am ranting now. I'm I have not even finished a cohesive thought because I'm just you know generally pissy at all of the things and all of the people that are making kind of where we are right now and th- what this world is so uh, insufferable. And, and there's a part of me that's like, I'm just I just want to block these people. Um, any of the anti-maskers, um, any of the anti-vaxxers don't even get me started on everything that happened with the election in the U S that was at least a bit of a rave. Let's put that on the other side. But you know, until January 20th, 21st, whatever the actual day of the inauguration is and everything's all signed, sealed and delivered, I don't know that anyone who happens to be on the liberal side of the spectrum and is not a Trump supporter, um, is really going to breathe that sigh of relief because it's just so much BS. It's all the conspiracy theory stuff again. And it, it just layers on top and on top and on top and on top of all of the crap that we've dealt with this year and the personalities that we've had to listen to and the people that just kind of drone on um, and fill my Facebook feed. And I've, I've said, you know, should I just block them, not look at it? But I've, you know, I sound so self-righteous, but I don't want to live in that echo chamber. I need to understand, or I need to at least attempt to understand the other side of what I feel to be right. Because I can be proven wrong. There are other perspectives that I should be taking into consideration. That's the only way you continue to grow and kind of figure things out as you go. But I just can't see another side of this anti-masking. Why? Why? Why is it so hard to put on a GD mask? Really? I just, I don't even get it. So I think, let me, let's see where I am here. Well, I have a minute and 24 seconds left to rant. You know what? I may, um, I was a debate person in uh, high school, so I may um, yield any of my remaining rant time to my rave section because I don't, what else is there to say? You know, you know this. You're all living it, I suspect. No one's having a fantastic year. (laughs) Really? You may have had some really cool things that have happened to you, and I really hope that that's the case. But nine months, nine months of fear, and isolation and death, so much death, so many people gone, and anger and infighting and vitriol and ignorance, really, and just missing out on all of the things that we took for granted, let's say, but that we were looking forward to. We made a trip to Punta Cana. We were supposed to see Robin and Melissa, our really good friends from Kansas City. We had it all booked. We were supposed to go and hang with them for a week. Didn't happen. I don't know when we'll get to see them again. They can't come here. We can't go there without quarantine. And it's just, it's depressing and it grates and it wears. And without something to look forward to, every day gets that little bit harder. I'm glad we have the holidays coming. I hope that Christmas will be good, different, different. That was my 20-minute timer, in case you were wondering. (laughs) So on that note, I ended off on I hope Christmas will be good. So let's switch to the good side. I'm going to start my 20-minute timer again. Are we ready? Rant over. I'm going to try to do my best not to extend any of my rant issues into my rave section. And so with that, let's begin. All right. So how has COVID changed life for you for the better? I don't want to think that I don't want to just look back at 2020 and be like it was the festering garbage dumpster fire. It was the year where everyone got ornaments that had toilet paper on them or the symbols that just say F 2020 with the middle finger. I'm trying to find a way to kind of balance out how I feel because I know for myself anyway, it's the only way I'm going to pull myself out of the rage spiral <laughs> that I found myself in for a really, really long time. I like to be a bright side person. I like to look for the positives. I like to look for that kind of generous aspect. And so some of the things over the past nine months that have really, I want to rave about, I want to congratulate humanity for, have, I don't know they they would have happened had we not found ourselves in this situation. Humanity always has the capacity to be good. We rise to occasions when they present themselves. But I mean, I don't, again, as I said earlier, this is unlike anything that we've ever seen before for the vast, vast majority of us. And so it's been fascinating to kind of take a step back and read the good news that's come out of 2020. I think back to the very, very beginning of um, the COVID times and when everyone was short and scrambling for PPE and how scary that was and how everyone can tell you now what PPE stands for. But I mean, uh, working in a hospital who, as a mental health hospital, we were a little kind of further down the, and rightfully so, down the food chain because acute care hospitals were dealing with something completely outside of what we were. And yet at the same time, we still have an obligation a desire to keep everyone, our patient staff, everyone safe. And so... PPE situations were very, very dire for a while. So to every dentist's office and optician and tattoo parlor and um, wear helped us with some of their PPE drive. Um, we had such incredible support from the community and not just um, from PPE, but we had Uh, donut deliveries for our staff from Crave Donuts. We had DMP Flowers who brought 100 plus potted orchids just to hand out to our staff at the end and beginning of a shift one day just to say thank you for the work that was done. Uh, we had so many different communities to support. Our local Tim Hortons brought coffee and cookies one day for 300 staff. And um, when you're again a mental health organization, not the qu- quintessential front line, although a lot of our staff did volunteer to work in other long term care homes that were ravaged um, by COVID in the early days. It was really nice to be recognized uh, for the staff, and it was very heartwarming to be a part of that and to really be part of the community. So I live in a a town called Whippy, and it is a town. Um, And I've been here for 13 years, and I've only worked in the community for about a year and a half. And one of the things I love about working here and living in the same community is now I really feel part of it. Um, I commuted into the city before, and I didn't really feel as connected to where I lived. I was the quintessential bedroom um, commuter. That's what I why I lived here. It was a nice distance, and it gave me kind of a smaller town life. And now everything has changed. I've really, even in the beginning phases, just before COVID, but wow, COVID in particular has really shown me how incredible our community is. Uh, there's a group called Caremongers Whitby, and I know these have sprung up through all sorts of different communities, but the one in Whitby has just, and it continues to all of this time later, gone above and beyond with food drives and coat drives and drop-offs and pickups. And I'm going to Costco and I need something. And it's just, it's individual one-on-one acts of kindness and charity for, in its truest sense of the word and just community that continues to this day. And um, I'm very proud to be a part of that community to do everything I can in order to assist. Um, I'm going to get up on Sunday, December 20th to help deliver some breakfasts, Christmas breakfasts that have been donated. And I was super stoked to be one of the first 10 people to even volunteer because there's competition (laughs) for people to do nice things for our community. So that has been just an absolutely amazing coming together of a group of very desperate people across a community for the benefit of each other. And I mean, it sounds cheesy and all that stuff, but... You know, it's the good kind of cheese. So you run with that. Um, we had a food drive at work for our outpatients who were facing food insecurity. And it was one of, uh, we were overwhelmed with uh, how many people brought food in and how many people donated money. It was just, um, a brilliant initiative and helped so many people in such a, a short period of time. um, I kind of laugh at, at other kind of weird things that have come up. So I don't know about you, but I'm in the um the I'm back to my hate phase with Zoom. I think everyone who had to pivot, I'm going to use the word, um, to virtual working and connecting and basically spends their lives on Zoom. Um, you know, everyone who went from I don't know what I'm doing in the beginning to now who could run a two hundred person <laughs> webinar with their eyes closed and not have any issues. Um, but what's been really neat about that is as much as it's kind of frustrated me and and I get Zoom. fatigue. Fatigue like so many do. What Zoom has done, it's given us that platform for us to reach out and connect to people that through circumstance or general busyness, we hadn't really connected with in a very long time. Um, family who may be a little bit further away, who picks up the phone anymore? Nobody picks up the freaking phone. You text people or you just message them on Facebook, and that's kind of the extent of your, your point of contact. But now, all of a sudden, you have the capacity to visually connect with people and to reach out and While it will never be the same as being in person, allowing you to see people's faces and to get that sense of connection, I think has been a really interesting thing. It's helped um, rekindle some some friendships and some kind of engagements with former colleagues and all of those things that had we not had the pandemic, we probably would have said, yes, we should get together for drinks sometime. And then we'd book something and then someone would have to cancel because that's the kind of lives we lead, right? Everybody's busy. And we never really would have had a chance to kind of all sit down together in this way, even though it's not you know, as in person as we might like, all of us get to sit there and chat and catch up and see each other's faces and share a drink from behind the screen instead of in person. So as much as I kind of malign <laughs> Zoom or Teams or pick your profile or your online provider of choice, um, I think it actually has had some impact in helping us become more connected in some ways. Um It's uh, the other interesting thing that I found too is that more pets have been adopted. So if you are in the, the, in the mindset now, especially over these past few months, like, you know what, I'm at home now I'm working from home. Kids are doing virtual school or whatever it is that they're doing. It may look like on any given day. There are a lot more people who are getting pets because they're home and it's just easier to, you know, kind of have those first few weeks, months, et cetera, with a dog in particular, just because they're higher maintenance, though I love them. Um, and so it's just kind of created the perfect conditions for that. And now it's really, really hard uh, to find one. A lot of the shelters, um, have had many, many fewer animals, um, generally available. A lot more have been adopted, which I think is amazing. Um, I laugh about those of us who work in the charity sector, someone who works at a shelter or hospital or whatever. We're the only ones actively working to put ourselves out of business. If you adopt every dog, I mean, unfortunately, there will always be jackholes that do bad things to dogs or abandon them, but that's a whole other podcast that I won't go down that rabbit hole right now. But to be able to see, um, you know so many people who have the capacity to provide loving homes for these animals now um bringing them home and bringing them into their families and just loving the hell out of them is amazing um if, if you're on the other side and you are actually looking for a dog now because it's been the time um it's unfortunate because they are they are harder to find for example and breeders are I know that's something another, The thing I could go down, but yeah, the prices if you're looking to actually buy from a reputable breeder have skyrocketed thanks to the good old supply and demand. But it warms my heart a little bit to think of all of those pets who have homes now that mm, had 2020 not happened in the way that it did, they might not. Um, I think of the things like our small businesses. So many small businesses are suffering and have suffered through this. Um, But I think of how many people are committing this holiday in particular to shopping small. I know that that's something I've spent way, way, way less money buying gifts on Amazon this year than I would have in the past. Um, and I've really tried to you know, find those individual pieces or support businesses that I know that are local. And man, these people are working their asses off right now to meet demand, to keep themselves afloat because they don't have the markets to go to and everything. I mean, I've had different episodes with local makers who are like, you know, life is completely different because they don't have craft shows or whatever you want to call them, makers markets, anything like that where people can come and en masse to buy their projects, products. So it's been a big change for them. But it's allowed me to not only um, get to know some of the people in my again, my community who make amazing things, but um, to become connected with other kind of small business makers across um, the spectrum who are doing some really, really cool things. Never would have, I mean I've seen them before, but I don't know that I would have sought them out. I uh, have been so intentional with my desire to shop small as I have this year and then local restaurants, um, Again, I talk about being connected to my community, but <laughs> Julie and Victor down at the Bulldog Pub in Oshawa <laughs> have become like super pals with us. Uh, we love going to their restaurant. We first ordered, they were they were rumored to have the best wings in there in South Oshawa, which for us is a bit of a hike. It's a like 25, 30 minute drive, really, to get there. Um, and it's worth every damn minute <laughs> to be in the car because the food is so good. And we just feel great knowing that we're supporting them. They had just opened the restaurant in February. Oh boy, right before COVID started. And they have done everything in their power to kind of stay, to stay afloat, to stay community-based, to follow all of the rules, to do everything that they need to do, and to just kind of keep that customer base. Um, So, yeah, if you're anywhere around here, definitely be sure to try them out for wings. But there were so many places that we hadn't tried before. And, you know, when people were like, get local takeout, shop local, support, you know, small chains and – or not even chains, small businesses, the restaurants – there are plenty of places that we had never, ever tried before that we've gone to many, many times. We've never actually physically been inside the building, but we've eaten from them five, seven times over this the course of the pandemic. So that's been um, a really nice thing to come out of it, to be able to, again, support local, eat local, and just uh, kind of getting on top of all those things and just being there for the community. Um, I laugh at, I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to bright sky a lot of these things, but when you don't have the societal pressures to kind of do the normal things. I mean, I talked about baseball earlier in my rant that I missed it, but I usually go to see 20 games over the course of a season. And so I would take the train into the city and then a few hours a night at the ball game, then the train back home, you multiply that by 20. Those are hours I have back now in a weird way. I still would have preferred baseball. Let's not kid ourselves, but in a weird way to have some of that time back or time when I would have been doing other things or other social things, um, to either just relax, to read a book, to sit outside. I mean, we bought a hot tub this year in the middle of a pandemic and man, it has been one of the best purchases for a whole bunch of reasons. But just to decompress when you're having one of those crappy <laughs> pandemic days to just go and decompress in a hot tub is is a thing of beauty. And it's a it was not an inexpensive purchase, but it's not one I will regret in any way, shape or form well beyond 2020. But think of all of the people who baked sourdough for the first time this year. Remember, you couldn't find yeast anywhere. Um, All of the puzzles that got done, all of the family game nights of people sitting together, all of the shows that got binged on Netflix, because sometimes, you know what, you just have to turn off your brain and watch some of those things. Um, Michael, my husband and I, we sat and we watched the entire series of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I never watched it before. And I tell you what, I probably wouldn't have gotten started because it was, took us a long time to do that. It's a lot of episodes. Um, But without, with with all the regular TV coming back so late in the season and with no baseball to watch for a good period of time or other things like that, again, I had extra time, which just allowed us to do different things. And it was time that we spent together, which was kind of nice because he doesn't like a lot of TV. So we don't get to watch a lot of stuff together, but so that was kind of fun. And now we have that in common to share. Um, lots of podcasts were born this year including this one so it was i've been talking about doing this forever um really kind of trying to put it together and think it through and so 2020 was the time to say you know what i have a bit of extra time let's figure this out let's do it let's you know give me a, a platform where i can rant and rave and talk to cool people Um, So that's been interesting. And then, of course, um, if you actually know me in real life or connect with me in any way, shape or form on social media, you'll know that I have also been uh, I didn't get sucked into the sourdough craze. Um, No, that was not my jam. But I have become fully indoctrinated in the cult that is hot chocolate bombs. Uh, so any free time I might've had leading up to the holidays is now consumed with melting chocolate and then trying to form it into smooth, um, halves, shove powder and marshmallow in it, and then try to reassemble them again. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't have done that before per se. Um, I'm kind of enjoying in a weird way. I mean, I love the holidays. Let me say this. I'm a Christmas person. Christmas is my holiday of choice and I fricking fracking love Christmas. I we decorated maybe a couple days earlier this year but nothing really significant. There were tons of people that had trees up before me. I need to put that out there. My husband was like, "Really? This is this is really really early." But it wasn't. My Facebook memories told me it was not actually that early. Um and so the thing about Christmas for me is it's always just so much to do. I'm a type A personality. I have lists. I have lists here to make sure that I got all of my rants and my raves. I have lists of the lists that I have. I'm a list person. And in the time leading up to Christmas, I have a Google Doc Excel spreadsheet that tracks everything that I have bought for every person, how much it costs, so I can try to rein in my spending a little bit on Christmas, where we are, with shipping everything. And... Um, I have to have that, I have to I have to do that every year because there's so many other things going on at the same time, there's this dinner, there's this work, craft, uh, work staff party, there's friends parties, there's family get togethers, you know what, none of that's happening this year. And as sad as that is, and believe me, it is sad, when we had to tell everyone at the hospital that you couldn't have gatherings, oof, that was on the rant, this should be on the rant side and not the rave, because there's nothing happy or wonderful or insightful or positive about telling people that they can't gather to mark the end of a year that has been a giant festering dumpster fire pile of dog poop. Um, but you know, all of those things, they're they're not going to happen. They can't happen for a whole bunch of reasons. And so it's been fascinating. One of the things for me is to just kind of watch the stress that comes off of me because, I don't have to plan those things. I can actually, I mean, it's unfortunate we won't be able to see my dad. Normally we'd hang out with with he and my sister and my stepmother on Christmas Eve. We'd do lunch together or something. We'd have a couple great hours together. And we just, we can't this year. So we may try to kind of get up by Zoom. But what that means is for the first time in I don't know how long, and my husband's actually off, which is a delight. um, I'm going to have Christmas Eve just to be. I want to sit and watch Christmas movies and drink whatever the hell I please because I don't have to go anywhere. And it's really going to help me for the first time in a long time kind of force me to slow down a little bit. And it's giving my staff at work, they all get the vacation that they want because we can balance it out. And because we know it's just going to be a little bit quieter, nobody has to travel, everybody's close by if we need to do something. So we're all going to get the time that we need. And my biggest hope for everyone is that they're just going to be able to use it to decompress, to celebrate as best they can with the people in their bubble, their circle, their household, whatever we're calling it at this particular day and time. And as much as parts of it are going to suck, and they are huge, to try to just sit back and, and relax and breathe and exhale and try to enjoy as much as possible and think positively about what's coming next, what happens after the vaccine, what happens now that the orange turnip will be out of the White House? What happens when the vaccine starts to take effect and we actually can start opening things up? What happens when the numbers start to go down for real? What happens when people are civil to one another and they wear their masks and they shop local and they support one another and they help their communities and they take time to breathe and they stop being jackals on Facebook and saying nasty things and just really try to find that sense of community. I mean, I think I'm Pollyanna-ing it all myself a little bit because as much as I hope and wish for those things to come in short order, I mean, man, do I miss Trader Joe's? Do I miss Target? Do I miss a road trip? Right? All of those things. Um, But I know that they are in my future again. I don't know when. I've stopped asking when because I've stopped trying to kind of think of when that's going to be into the future because it becomes a little painful. It becomes a little challenging. And I just have to remind myself that this too shall pass, trite though it may sound, and that we will get back to a time when whatever this horrifically named new normal actually opens up and becomes whatever it will be. My hope is that we all will have found time to exhale, to have processed the trauma, and it could have materialized for many people as trauma. If you've lost someone, I mean, the the rates of domestic violence for people who can't get out of isolation. Um, sorry, I'm tilting back into the rant part again, all the, the things that were negative. But for those who have the opportunity to, and the luxury, for lack of a better word, to try to find some positives. And I don't want to go all toxic positivity here. Please don't misinterpret what I'm trying to do. I know that, and I've, I viscerally understand that there are people for whom 2020 has been a giant festering turd. Everything that could have gone wrong has, you, people who've lost their jobs, who just cannot find it in themselves to look for any positives in this year because there just haven't been any. So I, I frame this entirely. It's, it's also why I did it as a just me tonight. I frame this entirely as my experience. Um, but I just know for myself, my way to get through it, my, me, my, only for me, is that I have to take a moment to think about the benefits, I don't even want to call them benefits, but the silver linings that have come out of some of the cloudiest days I've ever lived through as a human being. Where are my silver linings? Because it's the only way, it's the only thing that keeps me other than kind of looking forward to what may come. And when we get back to our lives again, it's the only thing that keeps me above water. It's the only thing that keeps me looking forward to something. It's the only thing that keeps me with any semblance of a smile on my face when I go to work or when I come home from work or when I talk to or see people. Cause there are some days when that's a, that's a, that's a tough road. <laughs> and I fully understand that that's not the case for everyone. So, um, if you're out there, oh, my timer's about to go. There we go. So that was my 20 minutes of a rave. <laughs> so I will simply end with this. Um, I want to keep this one a little bit shorter. I had my 20 minutes to rant. I had my 20 minutes to rave. But I do want to kind of re-acknowledge that this has been my trajectory and my experience through 2020. I assume that somewhere you're with me at some point of the trajectory, whether you're firmly in the rant stage because that's where your life has put you and that's what circumstance has 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 been and how you are processing and and my whole thought is just you get everyone let's all just get through it any way that we can um, for me that's trying to find the positives while acknowledging the struggles um, and I'm fortunate I believe I know it I am beyond fortunate to be in a position where I still have you know full-time employment we both do we have both knock on wood been healthy and so has her family Um, so to anyone out there listening, um, I wish you all of the luck in the world, navigating the rant part of your COVID pandemic. And I hope that you are able in whatever way, shape or form at whatever time it comes to you to find your rave, to find the good things, um, as they present themselves. And if they haven't, I hope they do soon. So I'm wishing everyone the absolute best. Stay safe. it's so cheesy but you know take care of yourself (laughs) rant if you have to um rave if you can but at the end of the day um just be safe be well and we'll chat again soon thanks for listening thanks for tuning in to theories of evolution hope you enjoyed today's conversation check out the show notes for resources that may be of interest and i'd love it if you could drop a review on your podcatcher of choice there's always more to say and so much more evolving to do, so if you have ideas for future episodes or would like to join me to share your own theories, reach out. Email me at evolutionpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on the socials, evolutionpodcast on Insta, at evolutionpod on Twitter, or theories of evolution on Facebook. And don't forget that's Shan, S-H-A-N, because I simply find it impossible to resist a good play on words. That's all for now. May we both be a few steps further ahead next time we connect. From today to tomorrow, never stop evolving.